Philip, I'm so glad to sit and hash some stuff out with you today, man. Yeah, man, I'm happy to have you back. Oh, that's great. But if you are listening, we want you to grab that beverage or whatever, if you can. Please don't, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road. No, indeed not. Get to where you're going first and foremost, and then grab that beverage. That's right. But regardless, it's time to join these neighbors and get real. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Well, this is Season 3, Episode 6 of Neighbors Don't Knock. We want to thank you guys for tuning in with us. Absolutely. We have some good stuff in store this week. We're going to talk about an unlikely spot where you're starting to find honeybees. Ooh, I, I, oh, sorry. I was about to look under my seat. <laughs> also, surprise, yeah. surprise, surprise. <laughs> but, you know, not only that, you know, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Uh, well, yeah, he's getting neighbors upset. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm not sure how that's possible. <laughs> but we're also going to have a chance to talk about your trip to Nashville, Brian, and our trip to Dallas. Also, stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear about next week's special guest that will be joining us here in studio. Absolutely. So, Brian, I am curious, man, because you came in here all excited to talk about bees. And, you know, I I wanted to go the whole bee in your bonnet thing, but that was just too much. (laughs) Let's be ready to talk about bees. (laughs) Yeah, this is getting a little bit of like a a Latin kind of Robin Williams (laughs) feel to it. That's what I was picturing. I was like... You know. Oh, we've been hanging out way too much. That's dude. exactly what I was picturing. It, like the little buzzing around. It's like, bzz, bzz, bzz. talk about her, not about you. Talk about her. That's pretty good. <laughs> was that pretty good? Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but all right, so I came across this story that I'm I'm seeing more honeybee hives in cities and on rooftops. Yeah. So when you brought this to my attention, I, I have uh, been completely in the dark about this whole concept. So this is urban beekeeping. Yes. And in fact, I mean, I didn't realize how big beekeeping was as a hobby. I mean, I think it's a great hobby because it really produces what we need. I mean, we, I mean, for those of you that don't really understand bees, bees are pollinators and we need that. We need them to go around and pollinate. I mean, that's, it helps with crops and so many other things. And so they're really important to our, our way of life. Sure, indeed, and and they've been on the decline for quite some time, and it has scientists uh, all over the world quite quite a buzz. <laughs> quite if you, if oh, I the, like that. I ooh, like I the puns. I couldn't help it. I part, like the puns. Keep those puns going. <laughs> you know. Pun intended. Yeah, but this is what got me a little bit because you're having you're having these buildings that are you know thirty forty story buildings in New York City or Chicago you know, large cities and you, they're putting beehives, honey beehives up there. Now the, the positive is predators are not going to get to them, <laughs> you know? Um, but the negative in my, what I was looking at is they, they say that they have ways of, of getting out and pollinating, but I just don't feel like they're really going to get a widespread. Can you imagine having to fly? Poor little bee. How big the bee is having to fly 50 stories 
you know, or even just across to the next building. Imagine if a big gust of wind just, you know, just, <laughs> just takes it off course. I mean, just smack. I mean, he's going to run into some window. All of a sudden you're going to be in your office, you know, downtown Manhattan and all of a sudden a beep. So, okay. So hang on before we get into the uh, uh, assumed logistics of all the flight parameters <laughs> of these bees. Trying I guess to I'm trying from- to put myself in a bee's mind, right? If I was a bee. So from what little I've read after you brought this up, the, the whole point to this um, trend, let's call it, is people trying to supplementally increase the bee population and utilize rooftops throughout urban areas. A noble thought, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. And from what I've read so far, some of this can actually be quite successful. It looks like it looks like these types of bees, which I believe are typically uh, what they call a European something or other. Well, it, the honeybee is is really the one that is, I guess, for most hobbyist, is my understanding. More people have honeybees versus any other kind of bee, but that doesn't make them any less important or more important if that, if that makes sense. Okay, so these are these are mostly European honeybees. Okay, got it. Now, it it seems to be a consensus from all of the great uh, internet articles I've come across regarding this that they fly around two and a half to three miles when they pollinate. So the theory is that the extra height from the buildings, whether it be a 10-story or a 52-story, isn't really all that much more distance. I have a problem with that theory. I think that you do too. Because you, you bring up... <laughs> I'm picturing poor Buzz. <laughs> well, you bring up the wind, right? Have you ever been in a 45, 50-story building in the middle of, let's say, Manhattan or Chicago? I've been, I've been up on the Eiffel Tower. And, when you, and I have never... Because it was, too, it was actually too windy to go to the top. Indeed. And, that's and just, so I was in the middle section, and you could still feel that structure, like, shifting. And that's just because of height. Exactly. But when you deal with really densely populated cities, let's take Chicago and New York as our two examples, you have serious updrafts that are created by these buildings. I mean, it's really intense, right? The updrafts are 35, 40 miles an hour. That's a lot to fly down through for our little bumbling friends. I'm curious about that. I'm curious if they actually reach their pollination targets or if it's just wishful thinking. Well, I, I, I am a little skeptical, but I mean, they say that an elevation of 690 or 700 feet doesn't add much distance. Right. You right. know, which makes sense. I mean, if, if it just move the lever, but yeah, but adding other variables and just distance. exactly. It's just like you shift one thing, you're shifting a lot of other things. Um, and, and of course, I, I'm not a scientist as far on this. It's only from what I've read and, and, you know, looking at quotes from the Illinois State Beekeepers Association that they are very for this and they say it's very safe and that it's a good way and they're encouraging people to get into it. And, and in a sense, I understand why, but I under- also understand if your building or wherever you're hives are has a rooftop garden that's a little different yeah but then you're kind of like pollinating your own flowers right that doesn't help very much i mean that's sort like of like sleeping with ecosystem. your sister yeah like what? what's the like well what's they the all point? sleep with their sisters they all get in there just there's the only i mean there's only one queen so they're all like you know right, maybe sleeping with your sister wasn't the most appropriate analogy there but but yeah i mean that that seems that that seems sort of um too small, right? Like if you're making your own little ecosystem of your own little garden, great. So you get cross pollination, but who cares? I, I think that the 
goal is larger pollination, right? Where they're actually going out into these urban areas, into the parks, into the growth that happens next to the highways. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And pollinating. Here's what I don't get about it, though. So they say that the main motivation for this is actually to get them away from the pesticides that are used in more rural and farming areas. They, being the scientific community uh, in these articles, at least that I've come across, seem to have a consensus that pesticides are probably the number one killer of these bee colonies around the world. So when you get into the urban environment, you don't have that problem because you're not crop dusting. Well, pe- pesticides and also foreign, uh, foreign plants, they encourage anyone with hives or to make sure that you are in an area or planting native uh, plants and flowers or things and w- that they can pollinate with. It just it makes them flourish a whole lot more. So just talking about this kind of gives me hives, to be honest, because (laughs) I'm picturing a bunch of like millennial city dwelling, younger people that, oh, this is a great idea. It's like a fad, right? Yeah, I think I'll get 200,000 bees and put up free colonies on my rooftop. Yeah, and then I'll go get my own honey whenever I want. Yeah, you you know, I'm like, oh. Yeah, what do they do with these poor things when they get bored of this whole trend or God forbid move? People move out of apartments all the time. I, you know, that's hopefully that they, it's, it's kind of hopefully, I'm hoping that it's kind of like a state mandate or, or a city ordinance type of thing. You know, like if you remove a tree where we live, you have to replace it. Like you have to plant it somewhere else or something else. You know, you have to have permission. There has to be, if you're taking something out of the ground, something else has to go back in somewhere. Who knows? You know, I mean, I'm hoping that maybe that is kind of some kind of uh, government legality or city ordinance or something that they have to do. But have you ever been stung by a bee? Many, many times have I been stung by bees. It is not enjoyable. I grew up in the woods, but it brings up an interesting question. Are there liability concerns associated with this? If you decide that you're some condo owner in Chicago or apartment renter, you team up with your buddies and your oh no no it's it, it's got to be sign on the dotted line or whatever it's it's got to be i assume all risk and things like that well, kind of like, like skydiving you sign your life away the like sure sure one thing to sign your own life away but what about the six-year-old kid that lives on floor eight that's terribly allergic to bees and you had no idea what happens if he gets stung and dies? Oh, that, that you bring up a good point with that. Actually, there's got to be some interesting liability associated but, with this. But at the same time, if there if it's distanced away far enough, you're not necessarily going to get that because well, think about that because that that's a big gray area, right? Because he could just be hanging out on his balcony, whether there's a beehive on the top of their building or not, and a bee wanders up you know, to floor eight and decides to. Yeah, that's true. And he can be wandering through an industrial park and come across some benzene <laughs> and get cancer as well. But that doesn't mean you can mix it on your rooftop if he's 20 feet away, you know? It's not the same thing. Well, you're, well. If you're introducing the, the foreign element that can hurt somebody. I don't know. It, it'd be very interesting to see well, again, what these buildings do for like, liability. Again, I, I see your point, but it's, it's kind of, it, I don't know. It, it's like the peanut argument type of thing, you know, but, but peanuts aren't essential to pollination and to survival for some of our plants and vegetation. So I, I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's a real big gray area. I think you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. The kid I, I, on th- floor eight, he's allergic <laughs> to peanuts, but don't worry. I only spread the peanut butter on the railings on the rooftop. 
So well, he probably won't come up yeah, here. Yeah, he's not going to make it. He probably won't come up here. <laughs> That's what you do to keep him inside. Just paint peanut butter around the door. <laughs> you will never go on the balcony. <laughs> Just put one of those like planters, peanut, Mr. Peanut stickers up on the, <laughs> Just know, the scares top the kid. The, poor kid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, it's a really neat hobby, but people have to be careful with it. You know, I actually learned a little bit after reading up on some of this. I never knew why they were white or why they use smoke. I also thought it was like some kind of chemical thing that they were using. It's not. It's just pure smoke. Right, to calm the bees down. To calm the bees down, yeah. It like basically stuns their antennas and keeps them from releasing these pheromones or whatever that alerts other bees that there's danger. So it's basically a, a little... CBD action, a little little ganja. Cool. So the whole <laughs> so the whole uniform. Every, everyone's mellowed out, right? The whole uniform and the smoke thing is not because they just watched one too many episodes of the X Files. Like there's actually <laughs> right purpose to this. So they come in, look at Marty McFly and Back <laughs> to the Future. No, I actually showing up in the barn. <laughs> playing some Van Halen. Um, No, I actually learned this and I I had no idea that there was a reason for it because you think about it, you're like, you, it's like, oh, well, that's what beekeepers wear. And I don't know, you can tell me if you believe this or not. It's believed that bees don't associate white things or things that are much lighter with danger because most of their predators are darker, like bears and things that attack their hives have this kind of darker complexion. And so the fact that they wear all this white and beekeepers are there taking care of them, it's not really looked at or it helps them feel less, uh, you know, on edge, I guess, or like ready to, or being attacked. You know, I wasn't even aware that bees could discern uh, shade or color. So that's news to me, but it kind of makes sense. I mean, how many pure white birds do you know of that live in the woods or near farms? That, I mean, that's true. Well, do you think how many eyes they have, right? You, you've seen you know, all those bee things that looks like they have like a billion eyes when they look out or whatever. Well, I saw that Seinfeld movie where he plays a bee. Yes. And you, it looks like, yeah, exactly. That's where I'm, that's my reference right there. <laughs> I figured it was the way you're making your hand gestures over here. If our audience could see it, they would know. I am curious if you are a beekeeper or if you know beekeepers, or especially if you are an urban beekeeper, please do comment and post up. I'd like to know, is this a trend? Is it a fad? Or is it something that's actually good for the bee populations around the world? Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. And now back to the show. Well, being in this mode that we are, let's keep rolling along. I, I was trying to find something clever, more clever than that. I'll give you a clever <laughs> point. I'll give you one clever point That's, for I, it. I'm going a, I'm to a deduct half off yeah. of that. that. That was weak. You get half a point? I get half a point That's on that. That's rough because really my scale weak. goes to 100, Brian, so... <laughs> That's pretty brutal. 99.5. Well, I tell you what, where you usually score high points is you kind of keep me in the loop of what's going on in the world and what's trending and what's going viral because, you know me, I'm the- Oh, I got a doozy for you right now. Dude, yeah. I'm like the the token old man of the podcast, even though I'm not. I'm the 80-year-old in the 41-year-old's body. So 
Tell me. I, I'm not even 41 yet. Look what I do to myself. <laughs> I, you age yourself. I think you age yourself every week we come here. I, I, honestly, by the time this season's over, you're going to be 50. So you're saying I'm, I'm a little bit affected by my own, yeah. my own insecurities. Yeah, you're like inflicting it. It's just like, I didn't know it was your birthday, man. You should be getting presents left and right for me. All right. Well, if you're only as young as you feel, then I'm on the verge of death. But... <laughs> and podcast is done <laughs> okay so no i i have a doozy for you um that was a little uh needle nose ned right there from groundhog day watch that first step it's a doozy for all those listeners out there that love groundhog day ned, ned. <laughs> that's right all right so this came into the news and i i just had to talk about this only because it, it relates a little bit to neighbors that we talk about and things that happen in our neighborhoods. And it made me laugh so hard. I, I nearly fell over, nearly fell over listening to this or watching this video. But apparently there's a neighbor uh, that put out a flag with Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. And if you don't know who Winnie the Pooh is, go Google it. <laughs> I think everyone knows who Tigger is and Winnie the Pooh. They did not. Oh, and it, it wasn't scandalous. It wasn't like one of those artistic type of things where someone, you know, it was, it was a flag with Tigger holding a flower or picking a flower or something. And it was like a blue, little blue flag. And it, we're not talking, you know, a 10 by 10 or, you know, one of those massive, you know, theme park type flags or whatever. We're talking a little garden flag. Just just a little tigger picking a flower. When you first brought this to my attention, I figured this is going to be one of those things where I just couldn't possibly care less. But I have to admit, when I watched the video, I was crying. I mean, it's the most ridiculous, hilarious. And this poor woman who went viral, I mean, she's famous forever for this one. I know she is. I, okay, so for our listeners that don't know what we're talking about, this woman, this neighbor didn't like this Tigger flag for no apparent reason. She didn't like it. So she came over to her neighbor's house and knocked on her door, and the whole thing was caught on her, I guess, door video cam. And it, it, she put it on, the, the neighbor posted it on uh, TikTok, and the thing went viral. And I, and I don't like to really get into certain trends that on TikTok that go viral and things like that, you know, but this, it just had to do so much with neighbors being neighbors. And this woman didn't, th her, she didn't like it. And to quote her, she says, the woman who came over that had the beef, and I'm going to say beef again, that's right. She had beef with this Tigger flag. And she says, and I quote, we have rules. I don't want to have to go find out what they are. But I don't like that. End, end quote. So <laughs> That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part of the video. It really is. And we have rules. I don't want to have to go find out what they are, but I don't like that. That is amazing. I, I love it. The gall, man. I mean, it's just like she even asked her if she was from the homeowners association. And she's like, no. I, I mean, she was you can tell by listening to her every time she asked really she, the woman was trying to get to the crux of the problem. Right. Indeed. And so, she paused every time and just glossed over. You could tell that she hesitated. Yeah, the, the poor homeowner gave this woman every single chance to make a valid point why Tigger picking daisies on a flag was offensive. So, so if, if you have not come across this gem, if you live under the same rock that I do, you can simply do a Google uh, web search. Just look up 
Tigger flag, nosy neighbor, neighbor Karen, Tigger flag, <laughs> any of these things it's come will up. come up. What I find really hilarious about it, so the woman comes, she's upset. She doesn't like the way the flag looks. She goes so far. Now that American flag, that's real nice or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. But the Tigger flag, I don't like it. And she keeps on saying that it's tacky and it makes the neighborhood look tacky. So the poor homeowner is saying, well, well I understand what you're saying. Thank you, but I disagree. And that's when the threats start coming out. These veiled, I don't know what they are, but we got rules yeah, kind of thing. It was like, it, that's where I was like, wait, what is she trying to do? Because it sounded like she was mustering up some kind of threat at the same time trying to be a little indeed nice about it. I guess maybe nice is the wrong word. But yeah, yeah. And, and you're really good at seeing both sides of a coin. You're much better than I am about trying to understand other people's perspective. And I'm oh, I imagine get- you would have kicked her right off your porch. You mean like you mean like okay, boom. <laughs> Do you like my twelve gauge? Uh, no. So you you were really good at this, and I'm I'm actually trying to to learn from you and be a little bit better about seeing other people's. I'm opinions. getting I'm getting worse. I use I'm, I'm rubbing off I, on you. No, I'm, either you're either you're rubbing <laughs> off on me, or I'm just getting older. And yeah, I'm we're just, just getting older, I'm, Brian. I'm just, That's I'm what decide, happens. I'm deciding to be the grumpier old man. That is exactly what happens. <laughs> but but I'm trying. So let's try right here. I think, having seen this poor woman, that she has probably been gearing herself up for this confrontation for a long time. And she probably has friends and family kind of backing her on this, and they're all riling each how other long, up. How long do you think that she had that mustering, like the, that buildup? The fire was burning because Tigger was staring at her you wrong. Know, who knows? But you can tell from the video, these neighbors don't know each other, so it could be a long time. Well, right? I'm glad those exactly. neighbors knocked. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm glad those, because yeah. she did not like the way Tigger bounces. She no. just does not like, she doesn't like a Tigger. Well, it's the because, 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 because part that she just can't wrap <laughs> or, her or head is it, around. Or is it the lisp? It might be, it might be the, <laughs> lisp. the lisp. But what oh, I love about tigger. this, so what I love about this though, other people are obviously a little perplexed about what this person's motivation might be because now what's trending, what's trending is people coming up with what the Tigger flag might mean. And it's, Unbelievable, dude. People are coming up with all kinds of theories. Or like like what? Like what? Give, oh, me, an, like give me an example. Tigger represents people of color, and this was a, a white person versus people of color problem, and all it's crazy stuff, right? This is literally a flag of Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, the cartoon version, not even like a, you know, a, a modernized version or anything, the classic Tigger. Oh, classic Disney Tigger. Picking petals off of a pink daisy pretty sure the only meaning this flag has is one raising money for the winnie the pooh franchise <laughs> and two this person likes tigger i mean what or, the or they have kids sure whatever uh, i mean you know? or it was just it was not it was a garden he had a flower it made sense Whoa, crazy. Now, we all know around here that it's actually the secret society of Tigger lovers that hang the flag to know where to have their meetings. Oh, my, oh, my word. <laughs> we just went really dark what with Tigger. What could it possibly be? This is like, this is not like the, you know, secret society meeting with their, this is crazy. No, but you know what? It it does kind of scare me a little bit when you, I mean, in all seriousness, we'll go a little serious for a minute. Because, you know, this woman, this black woman who who is minding her own business. It was her house. And she just, this, this other older white woman comes over and doesn't really have a reason and just says, I don't like it. 
Yeah, you know, it does come off. It does come off as she could have been looking for any reason, and then she just she couldn't come up with anything else except she's like, oh, I see a Tigger flag in there. You know, I'm gonna go over there and use that as my my gateway in. You know, but it. I will say this. I kind of was leaning that way, and 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 part of me still thinks a little bit that there's some motivation in that realm. You know what it could be? I'm not going to jump to conclusions. It's sure. No, it, we, we shouldn't. We it, shouldn't jump to indeed. conclusions, but it's very easy to, in, in especially in this day. It sure did seem fishy. Another thing I love that's going viral, though, is that people all over the country and all over the world are now sourcing and buying their own Tigger flags and flying you, them out Tigger front. has become a political standpoint. It, I mean, that's crazy. Hey, Tigger's a big deal. Yeah, Tigger's always been a big deal. Tigger is kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal, but apparently she did apologize. This officially. Woman, officially, this woman did apologize. Did she apologize after the internet turned her into a horrible celebrity, or I, did she I apologize before? I, well, I would. I want to say I would imagine that she got a glimpse of all of this, but it could have been on her own accord. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say that I believe that she apologized on her own accord. Wow. See, so I, I, I'm thinking more it's like she reaps what she sows, and, and she apologized after she went viral because I think if she had apologized prior— to this thing popping up on TikTok, then the homeowner wouldn't have posted it because she seems so sweet. She really seems she go did. Out of her she way. really was very sweet. Yeah, to be kind. You she know, said let thank her make her you. Argument. Yeah. She either that or she knew what was being recorded, and so she was just you know. What hey, I mean? so I, I tell you what: how to be a good neighbor one hundred and one. Watch that video. The homeowner did everything right, and we at neighbors don't knock. Love that she, she was did. She absolutely did. She was receptive. She said, "I disagree with you," and poor. Poor older Karen, and forgive me for all the Karens out there with this <laughs> with this nickname that you've now uh, have to deal with for the rest of your life. All the all the internet trolls have decided yeah. to dub. But this type of complaining Karen, she went on her merry way, and uh, and, and I think she got hers in the end. Well, with, okay, ask, I have to ask this: When is it okay to approach a neighbor about something about their yard? I mean, I understand homeowners associations can be very finicky, and you know, my parents lived in a in a area where they're had their house, not even their, the whole house, but like a portion of it painted a certain color. And they were, this homeowners association, like send them a, a, an email saying they had a week to change it or something like that, you know, but so I, I get those can all be really weird and finicky, but when you don't necessarily have that in a, lo a lot of historical areas, but, but you know what I'm saying? When is it okay? Or, or is it okay to, to be upset about something, the appearance of somebody's house. You know, that's a tough question, Brian, and you went into a hundred different directions on it, but I will say this. I need to go back and rephrase that, don't I? No, it's okay. I, <laughs> I, I, think, that, I think that we all got where you're going with it, but I will say that, you know, homeowners associations is obviously a contract. If you're part of the association, whether it be because you bought and the house is already part of the association or one was formed around you, whatever it might be, it's a contract and you do have to abide by the rules. Now, they can be very abusive, and they can abuse powers and go beyond their legal limits. Wait, wait, wait. People can abuse power? I know. No. I actually served on a jury once here in Houston that was a homeowners association being sued by homeowners, and we actually ruled in favor of the homeowners and decided that the homeowners association was grossly abusing their powers. And that lawsuit eventually went to the homeowners association being disbanded because it was so egregious. It's like another court so system. It, it was very, <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> it was very weird. But assuming that there's no HOA, as was allegedly the case with this video, because the woman goes as far as to mention that, when is it okay? Man, it's a tough call. For me, it's 
is your neighbor doing something that is either detracting from your home's value or your right to a high quality of or to a standard quality of life? I don't want to say a high quality of life. Uh, well, Harry, let, let me let me go to the extreme here. Let, let me give you two examples. All right. One example. Let's just elaborate on this Tigger type of thing. Let's say she had figurines like three, four foot figurines. She had a, a whole Disney or Winnie the Pooh set up like scene in her yard of, of, of life size, like almost like a movie set. Um, at that point, is that deterring from your house or well, is it just an eyesore? One, it involves Tigger. So it's automatically off the table and unacceptable. <laughs> everyone knows that anything involving Tigger is not allowed Two. Then it becomes a, a tour bus stop. <laughs> there you go. So, so that has its own problems. Well, that also maybe that brings up the value in that in the area. <laughs> it does have its own problems. Okay, so so but, maybe but, maybe so. All right, but answer that. Like at all seriousness, is that to you? If you live next door to something like that, where it felt like it, because there are people. I mean, let's stay with the Disney theme for a second, because there are people in Florida that live close to Disney World that have setups like that it's a super sensitive topic i mean you can go as basic as the people that fly their college team flags out of their windows and things like that all the way to extreme examples like what you're talking about or look oh, at, yeah or look at here in houston we have the beer can house that actually started as some guy's home art project it became a tourist attraction but he lived there or he or she i'm actually not sure um who owned that house at first but that i'm sure for a lot of neighbors was a horrible eyesore before it became famous I don't, I don't, it's a very difficult and sensitive topic. Um, I think that we can all learn a good lesson that being a good neighbor means having a conversation, non-threatening, non-confrontational. You have to come over and tell this poor woman with a Tigger flag, you don't like her flag. Maybe the better approach would be, can you tell me about that flag? Why, why is it there? Why do you have it up? Okay. Well, I will say this. I do appreciate the fact that she did come over and actually have a confrontation with her. I do like that. I don't like that she threatened her. Well, exactly. I, you, you know what I mean? She went about it the wrong way. I do like, in general, that she came over to have the conversation. Pretty gutsy. Yeah, right? exactly. Very gutsy. But I, I do like that versus being passive aggressive and doing something shady or something like that, right? Intentions were known. Now, I don't agree with how she did it, but I do I do agree that she she didn't like it. She did come over to her neighbor, so that I that I do agree with. Uh, again, not agreeing with the way she went about it. I, I'm siding with the homeowner on this one. You know, it's a freaking Tigger flag. Yep, I agree. I will little, little PSA here though. I will say this: having been in different neighborhoods throughout my life and dealt with different types of neighborhoods, my advice to anybody out there listening to the show: if you don't know your neighbors, go knock on their door, bring them a bag of coffee. Or bring them a, a, a bouquet of flowers. Introduce yourself. Yeah, and we There's say, no reason we say go knock because then the next time you don't have to knock. Exactly, because neighbors don't <laughs> knock. That's right. That way you know you got. It's all love, baby. It's all love. Look, it's 2021. We all need to come together. There's no reason to not know your neighbors. Absolutely, and you know, and that kind of goes for same if you live in an apartment. Because some people are like I live in an apartment, like me. You know, you should. Sure. You absolutely should. A complex, should. a building, an association, whatever it is. If you live out in farm country, go knock on the farm next door. You know, just, well, just say mean, hello, it, introduce yourself. It's or, okay. Or, you know, send send the dog with the telegram or whatever over down the road. Some people don't like dogs, man. I don't know. That might be the wrong play. Maybe a carrier pigeon. There you go. Carrier pigeon works better. You know, so I tell you, Brian, speaking of being a good neighbor and meeting your neighbors and meeting new neighbors and expanding our neighborhood, 
You were in Nashville at Podcast Movement. I was. It was incredible. Tell me about the new neighbors that you've met. Uh, Again, so many that that I, I, you know, I don't even want to get into it because at least with the specifics of who the neighbors who who I met, because some of them are going to be guests on our show. Indeed. And if you haven't had a chance to check out our YouTube channel, do have a look at a video that Brian posted up uh, this week, actually. It looked like an amazing venue, and you really get to see the scope and the and the kind oh, it was of huge. grandness of it all. And, and for those of you that don't know, Podcast Movement, or that aren't in the industry, Podcast Movement is a one of the largest podcast conventions. It brings an abundance of experts in the industry and people that are just wanting to grow with this industry. And it's really a unique experience because I've never been around so many people that were into podcasting as I was with so many different ideas. We're talking about political podcasts, religious podcasts, social justice podcasts, entertainment podcasts, sports podcasts, Disney podcasts. I mean, everything you could imagine was there and not just podcasters. There were producers. There were people that worked in the industry, you know, with software and and everything. I mean, it was, you know, like any convention, it was kind of an overload. You got so much information. <laughs> you you walked out. You had such a good time, but you're just like my brain just exploded, and now I need a week to to detox. But I met so many incredible people, and I met so many interesting interesting people that were doing their own podcast, and we've connected in ways I never would have expected. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, talk about an amazing experience. I'm so jealous that you got to go uh, to do it on your own. I can't wait until next year when I can do it with you. And, and next year is going to be in Dallas. Texas. A little closer to home. It's a little, a little closer, closer to home for us. But the Gaylord was an amazing venue. I bet. I mean, that was an amazing how, venue. Just a couple of statistics that I took from your experience and from the information and the and the um, you know leaflets and booklets that you brought back. Talk about an exciting industry that we're in with podcasting. 2018, you're looking at 500,000 podcasts. 2021, over 2.9 million podcasts. This is incredible. I mean, the growth of this industry. This it keeps segment, growing. It's amazing. I'm so proud to be part of it. it. It really is. And and the thing is that it's crazy. There is still room for people to come into this industry, which is even crazier to me. Because when you say a number like 2.9 million podcasts, people like, wow, how can my podcast even be heard? Right. But everyone, depending on what you're you're talking about, what your podcast is, you're not competing with 2.9 million people. Right. No, of so, course not. So your, your sample size kind of shrinks at that point. And so it really depends what you're looking to get into and what you have to say. But it's a really wonderful way to be creative, uh, be heard and expand. You know, we're expanding into video and all kinds of different avenues. And the other thing that you learn from this convention or I learned uh, amongst many things was that it's an ever growing industry. And it's always adapting and shifting because if we would have gone to podcast movement, let's say five years ago, it would have been very different from going this year, right? So everything keeps changing and evolving as stuff with social media, stuff with audio and the way that we do entertainment, you know, all these streaming services, the way everything and the way we get information in our entertainment and our how, how we view our world and use our devices 
it's always changing and it's changed significantly in the last couple of years. Yeah, it really has. And there really is something for everyone. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the next couple of months we're going to see a podcast pop up for, you know, trash and Tigger. <laughs> I wouldn't be, I would, I mean, there are Disney podcasts out there, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tigger makes, <laughs> makes the new podcast list <laughs> and it'd just be called, I don't like it. Yeah. What's your podcast <laughs> called? Bounce no more. <laughs> Um, all right, but also, not only was did I spend a week in Nashville, which was incredible. Podcast movement was great. Check out that YouTube video on our social media. Um, or check out pictures on uh, Instagram at, at NDK Podcast. But we also got a chance to travel to Dallas. And you got a chance to meet my family. I did. In person. Almost all of them. I mean, you come from, you're one of like 125. Yeah, everyone jokes that we're like Noah's Ark. But, but yes, there, there's quite a a large portion of my family that's in Dallas. I did get to meet your family. And I have to tell you, Brian, uh, live for the world to hear, your family is extremely sweet, super welcoming. We, we were so touched and privileged to be there. We, we love each other, but we butt heads. I mean, like any family. Like, family. like any family, that's right. But we had a great time, a little pool time. You know, we got a chance to watch Jungle Cruise. We did, and I enjoyed it. I learned the hard way that Jungle Cruise is a little <laughs> over an eight-year-old's uh, head. That was the first movie that my daughter ever literally screamed, jumped, and ran out of. That was... <laughs> my niece as well, though. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I felt... I, I, I felt like... I felt bad. I felt a little bit bad because I was like, oh, they'll be able to handle this. And then, honestly, there are moments for me that I was just like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to handle this. Yeah, it was a bit of an intense <laughs> movie, you know, when I movie. saw them go running out. I loved out. it. I loved it, though, but it was an intense it movie. Was good. If you got younger ones, I'd, I'd say the PG-13 is right on. Yeah, I would take that pretty seriously. I mean, they, they got out of there faster than I walked out of junior. It was really impressive. <laughs> oh, we're going back to that, Jim. <laughs> Come on now. No, Brian, we had a great time. And, and actually, uh, my wife and I had never spent any time in Dallas before. I've only driven through it. So it was a really nice experience to go up and, you know, being a, a Houstonian, you always hear about this Houston-Dallas rivalry. You know, I didn't grow up here, so I didn't experience that. But, you know, you bring up Dallas to anybody who grew up in Houston. It's like, oh, Dallas sucks. Blah. You know, and they get I all I got upset. nothing against Dallas. I, I'm not one of those. No. I, now, if, if we're going to have to go with affiliations of sports teams and things like that, yes, I'm an Astros fan. Yes, I love the Texans, even though I don't really follow them. You know, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but but I don't hate anybody. You know what I mean? I I, I don't. I don't really get that rivalry. Well, I've you're never... a very loving guy, Brian. You're a very welcoming guy, as I alluded to earlier in the show. You always see both sides of that coin. I can oh, see how some I people figure. would get I, all, I love you know, that. It's because I bounce everywhere. A little fussy. A little bit. <laughs> you're you bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Yeah, because, because. Now, I, I will say this. I, 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 We had a chance to drive through Dealey Plaza, right, famous for the JFK assassination. I am a little bit creeped out by the X marks the spot thing that they've got going on the road. Did you drive over it? So I did not get to drive over it. That, we actually missed that, it. That's so kind to, of even creepier. Like yeah. I actually went out. I didn't drive over it. I went and stood on there. Yes. yes so but we also went up to, we went through the, the depository. So and we just, we wait, just, is that right? Did I say that right? The, the library? No. Depository. Depository. Yeah the, yeah. the the building right there. The suppository is a different thing. There we go. I that's, make sure I didn't say suppository. Yeah. Depository. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's that's when you need some help with other stuff. Um, the, and uh, cheers, everyone. And cheers. <laughs> if you're drinking that beverage, now's the time to take a sip. We did not get a chance to to drive right over it. We drove right by it, and I missed it. 
I know I know it was there, but I did have. But to you do saw it. the three forks, the of road. Course. Yeah, 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 I, did, okay. I saw the three forks, saw the building, saw the depository, all that stuff, and I the um, the museum right there, what they call the Red Museum, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, historical museum downtown, yeah, yeah, beautiful building. I had to Google search. I love we use it as a verb now. I had to do a web search. Should be a little more proper about that. I'm not. I'm not here unless Google wants to pay us to do the podcast. And sure, I'll. I'll say oh come on! Every everyone you Google everything. I mean, all everyone knows. Right, everyone right. knows Google. I know Apple's trying to change I that, but Google did. That's enough. You say it like we've had 80 drinks. I Google Google it. Google it. Uh, but I so I, I so I got to see pictures of the X, and I, I just find that so morbid. It's weird. Like being there, have the the monument and and all that. The buildings. I get that part. But the whole, like, this is where he bit the bullet. It, it seems like it's a bit much to me. It, it's just a bit over the top. I, I don't think it would be as much over the top if we actually knew what happened and who killed JFK. Well, fair enough. <laughs> For real, you know what I mean? I think because there's so many conspiracies to it, it's blown up into so much. Yeah, you know, if they can declassify 25 years of, of UFA and UFO documents, however you want to say it now, I do think that they should probably just go ahead and release everything they know about the JFK assassination. That might help people. Yeah, President Biden, on. if you're if you're listening, you know, make it happen. <laughs> make it, yeah. You're making changes. Make it happen. You know, so after after experiencing Dallas and experiencing your family and, and their lovely home, I did start looking up things about Dallas neighborhoods and real estate and what's going on. I came across something I have to share with you and our listeners, Brian, because I'm completely weirded out by it. If you do a Google search. Very proud of you for that. Thank you. Search creepy Dallas McMansion with concrete floors. Yeah, I, I was a little creeped out that you sent this to me, but yeah. go ahead and tell and our listeners pop what this is. So from the outside, it looks like a really nice, very, very large, normal Dallas house. It doesn't even look normal to me, but it does. I, I would say it doesn't look odd from the outside. Right. Like it, it looks like a, maybe odds not. Doesn't look suspicious. That's a better word for it. Looks like a big home. The address is 13229 Southview Lane. It's I'm on the market. I'm sorry for anyone who is about to purchase it. It's on the market right now for just under a million dollars. Now, here is where this gets really, really weird. When you start looking into what the structure actually is, it's a 6,000 square foot house. But on the inside, you won't find any bedrooms, you'll only find one bathroom. You'll find that the entire structure is floored in concrete. It's lit by fluorescent lights. What you also find inside is the house has a diesel generator, a NAC gas generator. It's hooked up to two separate electrical grids. It has three garage door entrances. It features a large outdoor area that looks like some kind of a like public driveway, like the kind of thing where you come up to an event space. There's no explanation of why this thing was built whatsoever. It's kind of bizarre. It's very bizarre that you're saying that. Is, is that a neighbor that you would question? Yeah. It, 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 it's a, it's a million-dollar above-ground bunker. Can you imagine the welcome party? The <laughs> They had a little housewarming party. <laughs> I don't know what come you on, would... Come on in, guys. It's like a modern-day Manson family Indeed. or, or oh, Adam's thank family. You. Thank you for coming by. Please, cocktails are in the foyer. The zombies come at nine. I mean, I don't know... Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, just go get the punch bowls right next to the generators. You know, it is, like, it is why? very, very why? weird. Oh, and I apologize. It's not just floored in concrete. The walls and the ceiling are also made of concrete. 
Well, at least it, they're not soundproofed because then that would be a, a lot of more red flags to me. It's being marketed as the perfect storage spot for a large wine collection, art collections, or perhaps multiple cars. Cocaine shop. Yeah. <laughs> Grow house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. along those lines. The <laughs> ultimate safe house unless you have to go to sleep somewhere because there ain't no bed. It oh, is a geez. very strange structure. Well, I can't say that we've ever come across anything like that here in Houston. There are some other odd houses with a lot of history here in Houston, but you know what? That's going to be for another day. Indeed. If you are planning to buy that house please don't invite us over <laughs> just, just just please and we're okay we we would be glad to know that we are not invited to your house yes indeed but if you do buy it please do fly a tigger flag loud and proud <laughs> out the front door i love that yeah so there we go we are ready to uh, man, I was trying to find a nice B wrap up, but I couldn't get one. I couldn't get one. I tried. I really did try. Well, be prepared for new episodes of Neighbors Don't Knock every Friday. That's right. Be prepared. Oh, man, because then I'm thinking of Lion King of be prepared. But yeah, you're right. Good call. So check us out on social media at NDK Podcast. Uh, drop us a line. Let us know. Email us at admin at neighbors don't knock. Com. We drop a new episode every Friday. Next week, we have a guest coming, Josh Hoffman. He's got a really interesting story. Uh, you know, I don't even want to tell you where I met him because I want to save that for the, the podcast. So you guys are going to want to tune in. I'm excited. All right. So we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>